As you're listening, don't forget to check out the Professional Amateurs Podcast on YouTube. And while you're there, hit like and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 30 of Professional Amateurs. We have NHL, well, North uh, North American NHL hockey, do you want to call it? Do those first games count? As no, like, they don't. No, I don't think so either. I, don't, I didn't watch them. Have I didn't we really even done an episode since they happened? No. Uh, no, because they were on Friday and Saturday. So why are you even mentioning the difference? What do you mean, why am I mentioning the difference? Because the NHL season tech... Okay, fair enough. Um, but, like, the real NHL season started yesterday. Um, with uh, Tampa against the Rangers and Vegas against L.A., uh, Rangers and Golden Knights taking those games. Um, did you guys catch any of them? Uh, I, I thought it was a disgrace that Colorado didn't play on opening night, but yeah, that that was really dumb. But I did catch the the earlier game, like the Rangers and the Lightning, and that was just electric. Like yeah. Zabenjad's first goal to open it up, the shorty, that was just a beautiful goal. And then it was just high pace hockey pretty much the whole time. It was. A great first game, in my opinion. Shesterkin was sick too. Yeah, he's uh, he he might just go ahead and win another Vesna. Jack, Saw dude, people you... complaining online about the goal he allowed, like the five on three goal. People were complaining online about it. Yeah, like that. It was his fault. <laughs> oh, like on a five, five on three, three <laughs> one timer in the slot. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That is ridiculous, but it's nice to have hockey back. Uh, most of the teams back in action tonight. Uh, Montreal against Toronto in Montreal should be a good one. Um, a few other games. I haven't, I don't know. It feels overwhelming. School's very busy right now. So I haven't had enough time to like really dive into the, uh, the NHL schedule in the first week and everything. But, uh, but it, it's just really exciting to have, to have uh, something to watch every night back. Um, but uh, some news that we could hop over to, uh, Jason Robertson, one of the biggest, uh, contract disputes from the off season, o- honestly, the, the only real major one, Nick Hag, you could probably group in there, which also was, uh, settled over the weekend. Um, Robertson signs four years. Was it 31 million? It was like just a shade under eight per year. 7.75, I think. Seven points. So yeah, that's 31. What did, what did you guys think of it? I, I thought it was a great contract for Dallas yeah okay yeah i uh i i agree i fully agree i think this is one of the better younger players coming up in the league right now and that although it's only four years it's going to look like a bargain as early as like it kicks in yeah it kicks in this year um as early as this year so i think they got themselves a great player for a great price for uh for the next four years it works out really well too because I was looking at their cap friendly. Jamie Ben's up in three years, Sagan's up in five, mm-hmm. and uh, Sagan makes I think like six million compared to his nine point eight cap hit. So that'll be a an appealing contract to a uh, like a bad team at that point. He's also uh, still an RFA on expiry. That's pretty crazy. Oh really? Oh yeah. I guess four yeah. years is. Uh... Yeah, I, I always find that confusing because, like, Matthew signed for five years after his ELC and was it's going to walk him to UFA. But then yeah. Matthew Kachuk signed three years. This is These are the ones I have in my head for how, like, UFA works after an ELC. 
Matthew Kachuk signed three years and then could have taken his one-year qualifying offer and walked to UFA. But then Jason Robertson taking a four-year deal makes him an RFA afterward. It's it's kind of uh, the rules of it are kind of weird. Robertson didn't play his whole ELC, so he has less. Is that how it works? It like depends on games played in the ELC? I think so. Yeah, it, it does go by game. It's kind of like service time in baseball. Okay, that makes sense then. And then the, the one other interesting part about the contract is that um, the last year of it is 9.3 million. So that'll be his qualifying. Offer. Yeah. So that'll be like a sort of a Debrinkat situation where the, the salary is way above the cap hit in the last year. Because, um, yeah, you got to think that his next contract is going to start with a nine, probably a 10 at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, definitely an interesting contract. Uh, I, I don't know. I really like Dallas this year. There's a lot of teams I like going into this year. Jack, do you have any thoughts on the Robertson deal? No, I think just to echo what you guys said, it was kind of the perfect deal. Robertson's not exactly taking a discount. He gets you know, money for life, but he's, all, he's not risking betting on himself. He gets term, and it fits in good to the Stars situation where they have their money tied up. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a pretty unique contract in the league, too. Like The closest match to it on Cap Friendly is only a 73.8% match in Matthew Kachuk. So hmm. it's probably a similar cap percentage. It's probably a lower cap percentage than Matthew Kachuk's was at the time. Cause Matthew Kachuk's would have been signed yeah. in like 2019, 2018. Yeah. Well, Matthew or yeah, Matthew Kachuk's was signed uh, September 25th, 2019. And it was for 8.59% of the cap at the okay, time. Okay. Yeah. So this is definitely less. No, this is more. Robertson? Uh, yeah. Oh. So Robertson is 9.39% of the cap. What was the cap in 2019? Actually, yeah, because it hasn't moved in like three years. So mm-hmm. it would have been similar to what it is now. I don't know. It doesn't show what the cap is. Oh, was. okay. It just shows the percentage at the time. Um, did you guys see the uh, the ref giving a little speech before the game? Oh, that, that was, was that was so good oh my god like that kind of i wanted to tie that in to the fact that like colorado didn't have the first game of the nhl season to get their banner and to get their rings and stuff because that's what like literally every other league does is has the NA stanley cup champion open the season at home um and i wanted to tie that in because like the nhl just doesn't know how to market its league like mm-hmm. Having a referee in the most awkward fashion ever talk about like great players, great season. Hopefully everyone's going to be healthy and have a great year. Let's, let's play some hockey or whatever it was like for literally like 15 to 30 sec, like 15 to 20 seconds before puck drop, like Braden point and Zabana were just standing there waiting for him to stop talking. You could, you could <laughs> tell it was so bad. Stay in the zone. They were what? like trying to ignore him and stay yeah. focused. Like, yeah. It was so good. I was like, I was like, what is happening right now? And if you're gonna do that, like if you insist on doing that, why do you not get Wes McCauley to do it or something? Like, come on. Just I, like I actually I actually saw a funny joke about that. Someone said, like, why not get Wes McCauley to do this? And someone yeah. uh someone said to me, they were like, because he'd still be talking. And it was like the next day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, Anyways, it was 
It was just a terrible idea. I don't know who thought of it, but it was very cringy. What and... about the hypothetical situation that the ref went rogue when he did that? <laughs> <laughs> they just told him to say something quick and he went on for like 30 seconds. Or they didn't tell no, or it was He was just like, the spotlight's mine. I'm going to give a speech. It was just like unprompted. Like he just took it. He, he turned his mic on without telling anyone and just yeah. did a speech without anyone knowing. Oh, Nobody knew God. what to do. They just had to wait. It was a hostage situation. I also do like the alternative, though, that like he was given a script and he had to practice like every night before bed. Oh, it was like so... partner. He was reading it out. <laughs> and they had to like, in the, they're in the ref room like a couple days before the game, like playing rock, paper, scissors to see who has to do it. Yeah. He was probably like the ninth ref they asked. that's so funny um do you guys like or dislike that about the nhl i think it's hilarious how it's just such an awkward league i love it because like i'm already invested in hockey i don't care yeah that's my like it's just funny to watch but from like a marketing growing the game increasing the revenue perspective it is difficult to watch (laughs) like i watched that video once if you played it again i think i'd cry like it's so horrible it's so bad i totally agree though like he's nailing it on the head those were the exact emotions i was feeling and it's the exact same thing with like all-star games and drafts and anytime the nhl tries to show show some personality it just goes haywire it's awesome the nfl is about to do fucking flag football and it's still (laughs) gonna be better yeah (laughs) it's gonna be marketed better and more interesting and uh, the NHL All-Star Game is going to be in Florida and they're going to be like shooting pucks into alligators' mouths or something. <laughs> and like <laughs> someone's going to get bit on TV and the NHL is going to have to like try to play it off. I don't know. It's it's such a quirky league. It's hilarious. Um, And yeah, uh, onto a... There's no real good way to like transition over this, but Hockey uh, Canada has been uh, losing sponsors left, right, and center lately um like bowers backed off nike um tim hortons like all of the major sponsors are gone and ryan did they they cleared house yesterday did they or they're they're starting to so i forget the exact wording and i don't have the statement in front of me so i don't want to mess it up but essentially um smith this the head of hockey canada he was either removed or stepped down and then the uh and then the rest of the board agreed to step down as well so that's essentially what happened yesterday with hockey canada well it's about time um that took way too long like they were just so stubborn they tried to put up a smoke screen by hiring um basically a female spokesperson and it was a total publicity stunt it was a complete joke didn't she step down too like, yeah, she was she was the first one too, because um, yeah. I think she was really just. I don't remember the exact timeline, but she wasn't on for very long, um, in like con- in comparison to all the others. Like I think she was brought on in the winter of last year or something. Right. And uh, yeah, so she was like, I guess this isn't worth it for me to be um, putting myself out here like this anymore, which was probably a good call. <laughs> And, uh, like, I, I don't think it's a coincidence either that this is all coinciding. Like, I think Hockey Canada probably sees the writing on the wall here. The fact that this, um, like, with all the sponsors stepping away, um, all of the high-level, like, r- 
I don't even know how to explain it. All the high yeah. level roles of Hockey Canada stepping down um, coincided with the woman speaking about, about her experience of being groomed by Ian Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty disturbing story. We won't get into the details of it, but uh, I kind of wanted to touch on the fact that um, I think I think hockey is about to get absolutely turned on its head. Not that it hasn't in the past two years, starting with the Kyle Beach situation onto Hockey Canada situation, et cetera, et cetera. But there is no way Ian Cole is the only guy doing this. No. And the fact that all of these women are now mustering the courage and are being encouraged to step up with these stories um, is, is I, troublesome is not the right word. The NHL is about to get absolutely obliterated because I'm telling you, Ian Cole is not the only player doing this. Yeah. And it's and I'm, like, as hard as it is to read and talk about, it, it's better the more that these come out because then you can start to attempt to change the culture. Like we've seen big steps in Hockey Canada now. But now the next question is who leads that charge to get the next people in? Like the conversation needs to be led by these people um, who have different perspectives, not just old men like it has been in yeah. the past. And and the really troubling situation, Jack, feel free to jump in whenever. Um, I don't know if you're having like technical difficulties or whatever. Um, the, yeah, the really cameras will turn on. Okay. Didn't want to make um, a big deal out of it. <laughs> The, uh, the really troubling aspect of this, too, is that um, this isn't like a, an old hockey versus new hockey thing. Like Ian Cole, he's in his mid to late 30s. Like you can't just attribute this to a thing that was happening a while ago because a group of 16, 17, 18-year-olds that played for Hockey Canada in 2018 are, have these similar allegations against them. And mm-hmm. so this is just a hockey culture thing, which is just absolutely insane to think about that that's even a thing. Um, mm-hmm. Like that Ian Cole was doing this however many years ago, he's now 35 or whatever. But then you've got, I don't know, between six and eight current NHLers who are probably between the ages of 20 and 24 right now mm-hmm. um, that have very similar allegations being placed against them. And those players are very likely to have contracts terminated, suspensions, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, like a culture change is like not even doing it justice. Like this is like, I don't even know how to, you got to burn it to the ground almost. Yeah. You got to start over again. You have to. It, it, it's, 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 I, I don't even know how to talk about it. Like I, I don't feel prepared enough to talk about this. Mm-hmm. But like one thing that I just really wanted to put out there is that um, I think over the next year or so, the NHL is going to get obliterated with these allegations um, mm-hmm. because I'm like Ian Cole's not the only one. There's no way this is uh, this is a hockey issue. This is a this is yeah, this is massive and it's and, not going to stop with him. And they've seen the uproar now to what happens if you just pay these victims off like it'll be yeah. really interesting to see how the they handle these situations moving forward now yeah it's uh it's pretty wild um jack do you have anything I, to add yeah well i just want to add a couple things i think you said however many are currently under investigation that's what we know about yeah exactly and that's kind of adds to the disgusting part of it any you know 15 year old who looks up to these people these athletes are their heroes. They're sitting there at home wondering, like, 
what's going on type of thing. They kids at an age that can't comprehend what is happening. We have not that we understand what someone would go through, but we can understand the words they use, understand the psychological pressure involved in this type of power imbalance where kids that are growing up just loving the sport of hockey, they're, I feel bad for them. They're stuck loving a sport that is damaged and they shouldn't have to be learning about these things. They shouldn't have to be worrying about these things. Um, and I think too, one other thing you mentioned is you don't know how to talk about it. I don't think anyone does. That's, that's part of the problem. That's part of how we got here. So I think the important thing is, even if we don't know exactly what we're talking about or what we're doing, it needs to be talked about. Like we have, what, like four people are going to listen to this? At least four more people heard it. And it needs yeah. to be reiterated every single time. Do you guys... And there are... Sorry, I was just going to say, we haven't oh, yeah. mentioned in the past, but uh, a couple of weeks ago now, we... Ryan and I attended that seminar and there are professionals that talk about it. People who lived in the league and are around the ethical and legal aspects of this who do discuss it. And there are resources to learn more about it instead of us. Yeah. There, there are some excellent people on Twitter and like, just to name a few, like Sheldon Kennedy um, and um Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name now, but there's, there's just some unbelievable people doing um, great work on these stories and putting them out there for everybody to actually read and inform themselves on. And it's, it's really important work. So I definitely encourage everybody to uh, seek those people out. Do, uh, do you guys share the sentiment that it feels like disgusting to talk about hockey and just watch hockey and consume this NHL product, knowing that this is all going on. Yeah. I, I think 100% like as, as a fan of like, let's just use Ottawa for example. Um, there's two players that are under team control right now that are part of that investigation that you talked about a little bit earlier. As a yep. fan, there is a little bit of an ickiness feeling going into the season just because there's that unknown. Like, there should be answers by by the start of the season. Like, these players should be not should not be stepping on the ice if there's not clarity. But um, they are, and we'll get the answers eventually. But it's it, it, there is an icky feeling, for sure. Um. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's not a topic that's easy to transition into, and it's not a topic that's easy to transition out of. Um, unless you guys have anything else, I think we can maybe move on to something a little bit more lighthearted to wrap up the pod. You guys good? Yep. All right. Um, so we teased it last week. Um, the Down Goes Brown NHL Season Prediction Contest is back at The Athletic. Um, Jack and I did it last year. It was actually super fun um, just to fill it out, kind of forget about it, and then have it pop back up on the timeline a year later and see how you did. Uh, so basically, we explained the rules last week. Um, ju just as a refresher, it's a series of 10 questions where um, you answer the questions as much as you'd like with the disclaimer that if you get any of your answers wrong, you get zero points for said question. Um, it's a bit confusing, but uh, it'll be pretty self-explanatory as we run through the questions. Ryan, do you, is yours filled out? It is. We've got it. All right. Wonderful oh, question yeah. to ask live. <laughs> um just because it wasn't last week uh okay 
So Jack, do you have your answers in front of you? Do you, do we yeah. each have our answers in front of us? I do. Okay. Question number one, name up to five teams that will make the playoffs in the 2022, 2023 season. Ryan, lead us off. All right. I will, uh, I'll say I swung for the fences on this. I tried to put five on every single category. Um, so my five that I have making the playoffs are the Colorado Avalanche, the Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Oilers, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Carolina Hurricanes. Those are my five for that category. There's going to be some overlap in this category. Jack, this is going what are to your suck. five? That was 100% mine. Almost <laughs> in the same order I typed. <laughs> <laughs> um, my five are the Colorado Avalanche, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Edmonton Oilers, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, wanted to make sure to hit each division, get that division winner. Oh, yeah. And then I think uh, between Tampa and Toronto, they should be all right. Um, okay. So yeah, that one's a, that one's kind of an easy one. I'd be surprised if like every ballot didn't have five entries, especially after how last year went with the significant difference between the worst playoff teams and the best non-playoff teams. Um, question two, name up to five teams that will not make the playoffs. This one I also think will be similar and there's probably a good chance that we each have the same five teams. Yeah. Ryan, start us off again. All right. Arizona, Montreal, San Jose, Buffalo, Chicago. Ooh, okay. Ryan's slightly different. Jack? Uh, so I had Montreal, Chicago, Arizona, San Jose, and Philly. Okay, I had the exact same five as Jack. So Ryan had Buffalo instead of Philly. Ryan likes that John Tortorella formula, apparently. I'm not going to lie, Philly's so irrelevant. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. You can't um, be irrelevant right. when you have gritty. <laughs> That's true. Have you guys, have you guys, okay, we haven't talked about... Okay, I have just, one of their jerseys that I forgot about. <laughs> quick disclaimer. You guys have seen the uh, the mascot for Seattle, right? Oh, yeah. What's his name? Bowie? Bowie. Did, okay, can you guys confirm that I called right from the start that his behavior would completely mimic Gritty? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And since then, all of the tweets from that account have been him, like, screwing with players and, like, being in weird locations and stuff, just like Gritty. That is exactly what Seattle's doing. I'm so happy I called that. It's like the most irrelevant prediction of all time. It's a copycat league. Check that. Copycat league. When you can't win, have a cool mascot. That's yeah, cool. exactly. Because Gritty was so weird when he came out. Like, it was the yeah. most ridiculous thing. <laughs> Especially uh, for the NHL. Yeah, yeah. Um, question three. Name up to five coaches that will not be fired or otherwise leave their job before the first day of free agency in 2023. And this cannot include coaches who were hired after October 1st of 2021. So basically coaches who will make it past two years of employment or something like that. Okay. Uh, Jack, start us off for this one. Uh, Rod Brindamore, Mike Sullivan, Jared Bednar, Craig Berube, and Gerard Gallant. Okay. That's what teams are those. Those are Carolina, Colorado, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, St. Louis. And the Rangers. Okay. Ryan? I think I screwed this one up on the start. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Let me hear the answers. Let me hear the answers. I'll I'll start with the three I know are good for sure. I'll go Cooper, Bednar, and Brindamore. And then I had Sutter and Boudreaux. (laughs) 
Oh, shoot. Yeah, you didn't get the question. I did not. So I'll just do the three. <laughs> okay. Uh, my five were John Cooper of Tampa, Rod Brindamore of Carolina, Jared Bednar of Colorado, Todd McClellan of LA, and Mike Sullivan of Pittsburgh. Now that I read that out See, loud, I'm a little bit worried about the Todd McClellan one, but I think LA is going to be good this year. Also, it, it, it doesn't just specify they have to get fired if Cooper moves into an upper management role, which is a possibility. True. That's what happened. No, that's what happened with uh, Joe Sackett last year for GM. Yeah. Which screwed everyone. That's why I took Cooper off. For that makes that's smart. Cause yeah, that could definitely happen, especially cause uh, like breeze is the kind of guy who could get a promotion too. So you just kind of move everyone up. I totally did the same thing with the GMs too. <laughs> <laughs> you could have fixed it in the time it took. You didn't have to tell us that. So I like to be honest, man. Uh, question four. Name up to five GMs that will not be fired or otherwise leave their job before the first day of 2023 free agency. However, the, the cutoff date was that the GM had to have been hired before October 1st of 2020. <laughs> what? Emphasis on that because someone <laughs> didn't fucking My, read the whole like, question. Three of mine are gone. <laughs> <laughs> Who are they? Who'd you pick? I had Kent Hughes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> clearly, I missed you. <laughs> clearly, I missed. That's so recent. It's not even like you just didn't get the October part right. It's the whole <laughs> fucking year. I just wrote down the prompts, and I clearly just totally ignored the cutoff dates. <laughs> Who are the other two that you had that don't count? Mick Farland and. <laughs> in uh in colorado he just got that yeah and um uh, i already deleted the other one what was it i don't remember oh no pat disrespect Verbe pat verbeek uh, in uh, how are you in graduate school and you read half of questions on quizzes because <laughs> it's in hey, the athletic get, hockey prediction contest if you get part marks it'll probably be enough fast so please get degrees boys did you ryan did you submit your your thing I did not. The, oh, okay. So you're just yeah. playing. Good. Along. He would have made fun of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jack, who are you? So the two I actually do have. Oh, right. It's Breeze Some respect. Breeze who? Dorian. Okay. Jack, who are your five? Yarmo Kekalainen, Bill Armstrong, Kevin Adams, Steve Eiserman, and Don Waddell. That's Columbus, Arizona, Buffalo, Detroit, Carolina. Okay, I always get the Armstrongs mixed up because isn't Doug Armstrong in St. Louis? Yeah. Okay. Um, my five were Brad Tree Living of Calgary, Steve Eiserman of Detroit, Julian Breezeball of Tampa, Kekalainen of Columbus, and Rob Blake of LA. Um, all right. Super exciting so far. I should be good from here on out. Okay. <laughs> Question You're going to have a skater in this next question. <laughs> question five. Maybe up to five goaltenders who will start at least 60% of their team's regular season games. Uh, and that comes to 60. Oh, no. Uh, how many starts is that? I think it was like 55. 58 or something. Let's see. Ryan, go first. All right. I have Vasi, Saros, Flurry, Sororkin, and Shesterkin. Can you repeat the first two? Yeah, Vasilevsky and Saros. Oh, okay. Uh, 60% is 50 starts on the dot, just for whoever's wondering. Um, my five are Andre Vasilevsky, 
Igor Shosturkin, Thatcher Demko, Yusei Saros, and John Gibson. Um, that John Gibson one might be dangerous if he gets traded. I don't know what the rules for that are. <laughs> um, Jack, who are your five? So I had the same four as you and sub out John Gibson for Jake Odinger. Oh, that's a good one. A good I always forget about him. Um, nobody took Bobrovsky. It's kind of surprising. Or uh, Matt Murray. Someone take, should have taken Matt Murray. I think Bobrovsky's going to start 60% or more. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think that guy is going to lose the crease by November. Yeah. Um, okay, question six. Name up to five rookies who will finish in the top ten of Calder balloting. Uh, I think this is the only question I didn't name five people for. Uh, Ryan, who? Did, how many did you go with this one? I got five. Okay, name them. All right. I got McTavish, Power, Rossi, Sanderson, and Pinto. Ooh, you hit both sends. I had a feeling. Jack, who are your five? I just went four. If you were listening, you would have heard me. Okay. McTavish, Owen Power, Matty Beniers, and Jake Sanderson. Oh, I forgot about Beniers. Damn it. Beniers is a good one. I only went with three. I went Owen Power, Mason McTavish, and Shane Pinto. Um, you don't think Jake Sanderson? I don't know. I just... Top 10? You don't think he'll be... He'll no. get one vote, and that's eighth place. <laughs> okay. I don't know, guys. I can't change it. <laughs> Um, question seven name up to five defensemen who will finish in the top 10 of Norris balloting Jack lead us off Hale McCarr, Victor Hedman Adam Fox, Moritz Sider and Roman Yossi yeah I have four of the same I think for that one Ryan yeah I have Yossi, Hedman McCarr, Heiskanen and Fox I have the exact same Nice. Good job. Way to go. Woo. Way to go. Miro Heiskin and Believers on the Pro-Am pod. Let's go. Um, but yeah, Cider's solid too. He'll, he'll probably explode this year. Not that he didn't last year. Uh, question eight. Name up to five players who will finish top 15 of Hart Trophy voting. I'm going to go first for this one. I went uh, Connor no. McDavid. <laughs> I went Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, and Kirill Kaprizov. Jack, who you got? Ryan, you're last. Jack, who you got? <laughs> Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, Igor Shesterkin, Nathan McKinnon, and Kale McCarter. Okay. Ryan, who you got? I got McDavid, Dreisaitl, Matthews, McCarr, and Huberto. Ooh. That's an interesting one. I uh, That one might be dangerous for you. I don't know. 15? I, I, I believe it. What did he finish last year? Like four had to he had to have been top ten. He's top five. He's definitely top ten. Yeah. I wonder how many points he's gonna have this year. How many points do you think Jonathan Huberto is gonna have this year? He had like 115 last year. I think over under 12. You're saying 100 you're saying over under 112, Jack? I know I just said 12. Oh. Oh, (laughs) over 12. Oh, okay. Ryan, over or under 100 points for silly. I go over. Okay, I'm taking under for Huberto at 100. Uh, I named my five. Okay, question number nine. Name up to five players, not counting goalies, who will play at least 40 games and go the entire season without receiving a match, major, misconduct, or game misconduct penalty. This, this one. one's uh, kind of tricky. Jack, who you got? I went with my short kings. 
Johnny Goudreau, Jack Hughes, Quinn Hughes, Cole Caulfield, and Kyle Connor, who's not that short, but still in it. Four of those are, are short kings. And Ryan, I think Kyle he... Connor was up for the Lady Bank, so. Didn't he win it? Maybe. It's not an award I pay attention to. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Ryan, Lady <laughs> Bank. Um, <laughs> I have uh, Jacob Slavin, Bergeron, Caulfield, Kopitar, and Jack Hughes. Okay. That's solid. Here's the issue with slightly taller guys. <laughs> Even though they're clean, if something bad happens, like a dirty hit, they might still have the courage to try and stand up for their teammate. True. I don't um, think Quinn Hughes is going to jump anyone. You could shoot someone in front of them. And... So, so Jack, similar to the strategy with goalies in uh, NHL 23, big goalies, the puck hits big bodies. Um, tall players could fight yeah you know how many <laughs> tall players i've gotten jumped <laughs> true uh i went with kyle connor who i think had two penalty minutes last year jacob slavin who won the lady bang the year before mitch marner jack hughes and ryan o'reilly which I feel like uh, o'reilly would fight someone i know i thought that too right? i thought that too but for some reason he came to mind when i was thinking of this question so i went and looked at his hockey db and uh, he's never had, like, an odd number penalty year. So I just figured, like, he's probably not how to fight. Unless he just gets into four fights. Unless he, he only gets even numbers of fights. <laughs> yeah. 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 But all of his uh, penalty minutes were your under. strategy. All of his penalty number totals were under, like, 25. Like, under, like, 30-ish. So I, he seems like a pretty clean player. Um. All right. Question number 10. This one's fun. Name up to five players who are currently on an NHL roster that will change teams before. Between the cutoff for entries, which was October 11th at 7 p.m. Oh, Ryan, you missed the cutoff to submit. Oh, no. Tough. And the end of the first day of 2023 free agency. Uh, they have to change rosters via trade, free agency wa- waivers, uh, but doesn't include retirement or just leaving the league and stuff like that. Uh, Ryan, who do you got up to five? Um, I have three Chicago Blackhawks. Nice. Um, so I got Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, and and Athanasiu, and then I've got uh, Jacob Chikrin and Nikita Zaitsev. Okay, you trust you trust the Dorian to get rid of Zaitsev. I do. By by free agency of next year, I <laughs> friggin' hope so. <laughs> yeah, but is anyone gonna sign him day one? He's not even a free agent. It would have to be a trade. Yeah, it it has to be a trade. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like he was just going to walk. No. But like if Dorian doesn't get rid of him by free agency the next year, it's it's chalked. <laughs> Garbage. Jack, who do you have? Uh, Chikorin, Patty Kane, Dodonov, John Klinberg, and Semyon Parlamov. Oh, I forgot about Klingberg. That guy was literally signed to be traded. I I don't know. I, I thought about him, but if it goes well there this year, I, I could see it. True. Even if uh, it goes I, well, he'll be, I think he'll probably be rented out and then brought back. Yeah, that, that could make sense too. Um, I don't know why, but I only did three names for this, which is super boring. Um, I went with Patrick Kane, Jonathan Tave, Jacob Chikrin. So super off the board there for me. Damn, I'm kind of mad at myself that I didn't go with five there. Oh, well. Um, okay, and there's an optional bonus question where if you get it right, you get 15 bonus points, which is pretty significant. 
because the max you can get on any of the other categories is five. But if you get this question wrong, you get zero points for the entire ballot. And the question is, name any player, only one player, who will finish the season with more than 100 points, but it cannot be an Edmonton Oiler. The reason for this is because last year was anybody not named McDavid and Dreisaitl was the only other or one of the only other non uh, McDavid players to also record 100 points. So now it's just no, no Oilers. Uh, I know Jack didn't answer this because he's lame and a, and a, and a, and a child. Rude. He's, he's scared. I'm an adult and I'm strategic. <laughs> I'm not going to throw away my whole ballot on someone falling down the stairs and missing. I'm an adult and I'm going to win this prediction game. <laughs> I'm an adult. I gamble responsibly. <laughs> There's nothing on this. Right. <laughs> I get a prop bet on anything. Ryan, who'd you pick? Please don't be the same as me. Uh, it's almost certainly not the way you talked about him earlier. I have Huberto. Oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. I po- I chose Nathan McKinnon. I'm all in. I'm all in on Nathan McKinnon for this ballot because I need I need him to stay healthy and stay in the heart voting, and I need him to put up 100 points. All right. And that is something that has not happened in the last few years. All right. That was super exciting. We will compare Are we going to the- reiterate the contest we threw out last time? What? Last time we mentioned anyone who listens and does it if they beat our score. They get what? No way anyone's going to do it, but. <laughs> i'm sorry get? that i'm trying to engage no but what do they get you said As if you didn't do a card contest for two people for four <laughs> people and two of them were in my household <laughs> that's not true there was over 10 entries Ooh. if uh if anyone wants <laughs> it's over 10 so there was 11 if any of the listeners want to uh participate in the in the contest um, you can create your ballot and DM them to us or something like that. And we can have a, we can compare them at the start of the year and the winner earns pride over the pro-am, uh, podcast. We can, all find, right. we can find something. They get to come on an episode. I already mentioned it. Last oh, time. that's a good idea. Yeah. That was your idea. That's what I was Why trying to Why are you just say. as surprised as I said it last time? I have good ideas. Because I forgot. Yeah. Okay. We got less than a minute. Uh, I would ask you guys if you have anything else, but we don't have time for it. This has been episode 30 of the Professional Amateurs Podcast.